Okay, so today we're going to talk a little bit about what it is that prevents us from having real or genuine conversations. So we have conversations all the time. And I'm talking to Dominique Dennery today about why it is that our conversations actually aren't more genuine or real. Well, Scott, that's a really important question because central to being human is having conversation. We walk around and encounter people in our lives all the time, and sometimes it's easy to talk to them, and at other times it's difficult, or we avoid people altogether. To avoid having these moments where you tell your truth or get to the heart of the matter or hear their truth, and some of it may or may not be palatable to us or to them. I love the saying about conversation being to humans what water is to fish. It's really the way we evolve as people, and it's the foundation of any relationship. And so one of the biggest obstacles in the way of these conversations that makes them go off track, actually, when we start having them as well, is fear, the fear factor. And I find most of us either fear conflict or we fear delving deeper into something that might reveal the truth about how we feel about this person or even ourselves. And it's something that we prefer to pussyfoot around. And so when we hear the word genuine or authentic, we go, oh, my gosh, no, (laughs) Uh, let's just be polite. Let's just have the usual interaction. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. You know, great party, um, you know, great meeting, and no one says what's really on their minds. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Why do you think it is? What's causing this fear that keeps people from actually revealing themselves and uh, and really speaking about what's bothering them or what's important to them? That's a great question. I spent my life thinking about What I know for myself is that there's a couple of elements that are at play. One of them is, as a woman, there's a conditioning about being a nice girl. I think there's a lot of that going on for men, too. But for women, it's, oh, I'm going to hurt the other person's feelings. Is it really that important to me? And so there's a lot of self-talk around whether I should broach the topic or not, or really say no when I want to say no, or say, wait a minute, that's not working for me. So there's the social conditioning. There's cultural conditioning, too. I come from a part of the world where for decades you couldn't speak out. And there's a conditioning around the threat, the fear of reprisal that I see now in Canada, in the Western world, in organizations where there's not so much of a threat to life or being imprisoned or anything like that, like we had in my country of origin, but it's still something that preys on people's mind. If I say that, no, we're going down the wrong path, no, this initiative doesn't work, or no, our performance is not that good, then I'm going to somehow be evicted from that workplace, lose my job, my livelihood, etc. And we amplify those fears over and over again in our minds. We create these big bad scenarios and then we shut ourselves up that way. So I've said this really quickly, but it is about social as well as cultural conditioning. And it's also about 
this idea of if I start the conversation, then it opens up the floor for people to give me some feedback as well. So if as a leader, I say, okay, I really want to hear from you about what's going on in this workplace, then I might hear something I don't really want to hear. I may discover an aspect of myself that I'm not as comfortable with or I'm not as proud of some perfectionism or anything else that's going on in the way I manage that team. So it takes courage and it takes compassion for the other. It takes good listening and it really takes being ready to make a change in your life as a result of that conversation. So it really sounds to me like we play a lot of defense, that we're making ourselves small in certain cases so that we don't hurt other people's feelings, or sometimes we put up walls around ourselves to protect ourselves from people that might have power over us. Um, Mm -hmm. Are there things that we can do, or maybe one thing that we can do to help us overcome this fear? Great question, Scott, because as you know, in the guide, there's really good information on how to prepare yourself and really think through what you want out of the conversation. Some of us over-prepare. That's <laughs> a typical introvert. Oh my gosh, imagining every scenario, I'm one of those. So it can't be about over-preparing and postponing, right? But it is about thinking through what is it that I really, really, really want out of this? And if I don't get what I want, What am I ready to open to or hear, work through with this other person? Is it worth my while? And resist the temptation of thinking that it's not worth it. Oh, forget it. It, He'll always be like that. She'll always be like that. Let's just move on. So, no, if it's making me, keeping me up at night, if it's giving me these funny feelings in my tummy, every time I have to walk into a room where this person is or speak to this person, then it's worth addressing. So preparation would be key. And we go into in the guide how to prepare yourself so that you feel more confident walking into a conversation and broaching it in a way that will be respectful to yourself as well as to the other person. I think that's a really great first step is to recognize the discomfort that we feel in a particular situation, perhaps, or the discomfort we feel internally because we haven't expressed ourselves genuinely is a great motivator to maybe overcome some of that fear that prevents us from having those conversations. Yeah, I think really it reminds me of what my mother often says, which is risk is a condition of existence. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you do. Just being alive and breathing, there's a risk involved. And so what's the risk of doing nothing? And what's the risk of doing something? Sometimes we amplify the risk of doing something and we don't realize the risk of doing nothing to our health, our well-being, to this relationship and many others. And how, as you said earlier, it leads us to a smaller and smaller life. And then we wonder why we're not happy and don't really want to continue with this life. Well, being genuine and having genuine conversations can enable you to really take the whole risk, good, bad, and ugly, and then live the life to which you're called. Those are very wise words. I think that we'll put an end to our conversation today. We'll come back next time. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the forces that kind of prevent us from actually expressing ourselves genuinely.
right? And what we can do about it. <laughs> so that was great. Scott. Okay, talk to you next time. Bye-bye.